Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's exactly what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. And today we continue in a series called The Doorway and that doorway is called prayer. As we're called to pray without ceasing and spend time alone with God. Today's message is called The Power to Step In. This is Real Life Radio. We're talking about prayer. Our series is called The Doorway, Experiencing the Supernatural Through Prayer. That's our topic. And uh, on Sunday, the 29th, we talked about VBS. Well, I got a testimony from a guy in our congregation named Brad. And Brad writes, on Saturday, the 28th, he went to an estate sale. And at this estate sale, he saw this 2001 Honda Helix scooter. Only had 70 miles on it, but it was broken down. There's something wrong with it. And he just kind of, in passing, thought, wow, somebody could really do well with that. Fix it up, you know, and turn it around and probably make a good profit. But he's not that guy, and he moved on. On Sunday, when we shared about VBS, and I shared about how one of the ways, if you can't be here and serve, one of the ways you could support is financially, because we give this away. We don't charge for it, you know? And he said, as I was sharing that, the Lord started nudging him, and he started feeling in his spirit. It's like, you got to go get that scooter. You can fix that scooter up, and you can make a profit. You could give that to VBS. And he's like, Lord, if I do that, I'm going to lose money, <laughs> you know? And the Lord's like, no, you won't lose any money. Go do it. So he went back, goes and gets that scooter, gets it to a mechanical fix. He ta- talks him down on the sale price, first of all, gets it for less than what they're asking, gets the guy to fix it, gets it back, puts it on Craigslist that night. Next morning, he sells the thing, and he comes up here with $400 says, here, this is, the Lord told me to do this, you know? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Be careful when you start praying. Because when you start praying, God's like, okay, game on. He's serious. He's not playing. If we're learning anything, we are learning that prayer is this amazing opportunity to engage with the Almighty, the great I am, the Creator. We've learned that the more I depend on what's in my hand, the less I'll receive of what's in his. The more I'm addicted to my own strength, my own resources, and the more I'm like, I can do it on my own, the less I'm open to receive the very powerful provision and supply that God wants to offer. And we have seen through this series, through the scriptures, that God wants to do the supernatural. He really does. And the doorway to the supernatural in our lives is this thing that we call prayer, our engagement with him. That's how we enter into that. We saw that prayerlessness leads to powerlessness, which leads to unbelief. So the key to having the power of God moving in our lives and in our fellowship together is prayer. Now, last week, we talked about unleashing the power of prayer begins with learning to pray God's will. If you missed that message, I really encourage you to go to reallife.org and click on the sermons tab and check that out. Because we saw a powerful passage of scripture, several passages of scripture that really taught us if we will pray according to God's will, there's no end to what God can and will do in our lives. 
a, a virtual promise in Scripture that you will receive what you ask for according to God's will. Now, you're like, well, okay, but I don't know what God's will is. Yeah, well, you open the Scripture, and that's what we did for the rest of the message. We saw all kinds of things that are plainly stated in Scripture, they are God's will for us, and that we have the confidence and the ability to just pray for and confidently know that we will receive them. And so one of the things we did as a fellowship, you remember these little cards, if you didn't get one, there's still some out in the foyer. Uh, This is a prayer guide that we put together. We said, okay, well, we're going to take this for a spin. There are promises in Scripture that God says his people should experience, his fellowships should experience, and so we want that. And so I've asked the entire congregation to just put this in your Bible, keep this wherever you have your prayer time, and every day there's seven of these things that for this year we are saying we'd like to ask you every day to pray for the corresponding request from that day. Sunday, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Scripture says if you ask, God will give you his spirit. Luke eleven thirteen. And so we know we are praying according to God's will, and we are asking for an outpouring of God's spirit. It changes everything. Uh, for Monday unified vision and passion that we would all get it that we'd be together walking the same direction there's some scriptures there that'll tell you how the scripture says we should have that so we're not praying this on our own we're we're praying according to his will we're praying for a prayer movement at river city like well isn't the prayer already a prayer movement well not necessarily because i gotta tell you what good is it if we just do a little kind of little mini campaign or if we do a series and talk about it so we fill our heads with more knowledge about prayer but we don't actually change and become people who interact with God differently, who raise the bar when it comes to prayer. On Wednesday, we're praying workers for the harvest. That's leaders, people taking seriously the needs in the community around us who will say, I want to be a part of God's kingdom. I want to be a part of the harvest. On Thursday, we're praying for souls for the kingdom. God loves every person in this room and has an amazing work he wants to do in your life. But he also loves every person who's not in this room. There's all kinds of people who he loves and he wants us to remember them. And he wants to reach them, too. On Friday, we're praying for spiritual protection. The scripture says we have an enemy. It says pray that we'd be protected from the enemy. And there's scriptures there to tell you that's what we're supposed to pray. Saturday, we're praying for supernatural power and provision. The things that we would have to step back, scratch our heads, and go, only God. That's something only God could do. And that's the power of understanding praying according to his will. I encourage all of you to have a list like that. Go back and check out last week's message because there are things that we can specifically ask for that are very practical and relevant in our lives. And we can ask for them with authority, confidently, the scripture says, because they're God's will. So, today I want to take us to another passage of scripture. If, you'll, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 11. The message this morning is called The Power to Step In. And I want to address that feeling of helplessness that you sometimes have when something's going on in someone's life and you go, I'd like to do something for him. Jesus actually addresses that in Luke 11, beginning at verse 5. Now, before that, he'd been asked, Lord, teach us to pray. He teaches this particular group his, what we call the model prayer, a version, Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer. And some people look at that and go, well, Luke says it different than Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, and so the Bible's not accurate because these two are different. That's ridiculous. Jesus was an itinerant preacher. So he shared some of the same messages as he went to these different places. He shared the same concepts. So in the, Lord's, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, he talked about prayer and he taught some concepts. And one of those things was the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Luke, he's specifically asked by some of his followers, Lord, teach us to pray. And so he again covers some of that material. Little different twist, little different emphasis, but basically the same material. He, after that, goes and he gives them an illustration about prayer. And that's what I want to focus on, verse 5. Jesus said to them, well, suppose you have a friend... And you go to him at midnight and you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. 
another friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. Suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door's already locked, my children and I are in bed, I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, make note of that phrase, your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Asking with shameless audacity. We're not going to really focus on that part quite as much today. Again, that was a big part of last week's message. I encourage you to go back and check that out if you missed that. But there's another dynamic here. Jesus is comparing, there's a comparison between our Father, who invites us to ask, and he says he will respond, and this kind of a little bit self-centered friend who refuses to help until you just bug him so much that you keep asking. What Jesus is saying, your father's not like that, but I want you to ask with that type of persistence. I invite you because he wants to do something. He wants to meet you. He invites you. Go ahead, ask. Because Jesus goes from this, these verses in Luke 5, he then goes into the section where he repeats what he said in Matthew. Ask and they'll be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Him who asks, he'll receive. Him who seeks, he'll find. He's inviting us. Now, there's another kind of little twist here that I think is kind of interesting. You have one friend going on behalf of another. A friend came to visit. He was hungry, needed a place to stay. The host had nothing, so he goes and he asks. It's the idea of this friend in the middle. He wants to help his friend, but he doesn't have anything to give him, and so he goes to the one who does. We call that intercession. That's what intercession in prayer is. The power to step in, to become that friend in the middle. Have you ever experienced something and you just go, that's not right. I wish I could do something. I wish I could step in and intercede. A number of years ago, in fact, it was quite a few years ago, when we were just starting out in ministry together, Willie Mayfield had this old yellow truck, and Willie was doing construction work, and this truck was beat up and nasty, but it was a good truck for the work that he did, right? Well, he's driving down, downtown uh, on 281, right near Hildebrand by, uh, by Incarnate Word and Trinity University there, and he has a flat tire. So he has to pull over under one of the overpasses there and get out of the way, and turns out he doesn't have his jack. And so uh, he's got to call someone, gets a ride back to the house, comes back, his truck is gone, which is nice. It gets better. <laughs> turns out Al Gore was in town, and because his motorcade was going to be going on that path, they clear all the vehicles. And his vehicle got impounded. I mean, he's gone in the timing to go home, get his jack, and come back. His, car's, his truck is gone, and it's in the impound. Now, what you need to know is we were totally living by faith, doing inner city ministry. We had no money, and I mean no money. It wasn't like we were unwilling to pay these exorbitant, ridiculous impound fees. He, Willie was unable I was unable to give him anything to help him. I mean, at that time, it was like literally there were occasions where we were sharing meals together. Like one would have meat, one would have vegetables, and the other would bring salad and bread. And okay, to get and, and people from our ministry team, we'd have meals together. It was a very cool time, kind of New Testament-y, you know what I mean? But So we had food, we had friendship, we had love, we had no money. Well, the impound guy wants a lot of money. It was hundreds of dollars for this thing, and we just didn't have it. And so Willie calls me and tells me this. 
and we pray. But I'm mad. Maybe it was because it was Al Gore. I don't think so. I'm just, I mean, I'm just mad. You know, I'm like, this is messed up. So I just start, you know, again, we're, we're broke. We're starting a ministry. You know, we didn't have money, but we had time. So, so I start making phone calls. I'm calling the county. I'm calling the sheriff's department. I call our city councilman's office, and I talk to them. I call the mayor's office. And I think by the time I got there, each phone call, my righteous indignation is rising. Okay? I think by the time I got to the mayor's office, I was actually using my black preacher voice. You know, is there no justice in the city? (laughs) I'm not proud of that, but I still think it'd be more effective than me going, dude, help my friend, man. You know, so I just had to get a little extra juice on it. You know what I'm saying? Willie... By that evening, gets a call from the impound lot. Goes, dude, come and get your truck. I don't know who you know, but I've never gotten so many phone calls on a vehicle. That story, yeah, that was fun. That was an opportunity. That was one of those opportunities where, you know, I could step in on behalf of another friend. There, I couldn't fix it, but there was something I could do, and that felt good to be able to do that. But not every situation is like that. There are some when there's nothing you can do. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in the series called The Doorway. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch Pastor Sean in action, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I'd like to invite you to join us for a new teaching series called Bridges, Crossing from Here to There. Many of us go through life assuming we're experiencing all that there is. We have this sense that there's supposed to be more, but we don't really know where to start. This series will take a look at some important bridges that God has designed to take us from the mundane to the extraordinary. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Every weekend gathering is an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, just visit us online at reallife.org. We look forward to seeing you on the road to real life at River City Community Church. Welcome back to this message called The Power to Step In. This is Real Life Radio. I remember a couple years ago, we had a family in our church that went through a tragedy, and it was over a full year's period. A young woman named Brooke lost her sister to cancer, a long struggle with cancer. And uh, it was very difficult, and they were very close. And it was just one of those tragic things. Within the year, about a year later, her house is broken into, and her parents are both shot and killed. She's upstairs while it happens. So she is now left alone. It was just the four of them in the house. So she loses her sister, and then within that year, loses her mom and dad. And I had to do that funeral. And I will tell you, we pastors, the words of comfort that we share at funerals, we believe. I mean, I, I know I do. I believe every single word. 
But there's also that part of going, these are words. This is a girl without a family now. Had a family, doesn't have a family now. What good are these words? And you talk about feeling about as useful as a back pocket on a shirt. I'm serious. You know what I'm saying? You're just sitting there just going, what can I possibly do? What can I offer? She had other family who reached out. She had a good support system and every opportunity. But still, what can you say? That's the feeling of helplessness I'm talking about. Do you have any situation in your life where you felt like that or any person that you just... You want something good for them and they keep doing stupid, self-destructive things and they won't listen and it's just you're helpless. And you want to see something happen or it's a situation and it's just like, that's not supposed to be that way. And you just feel helpless. I want to say to you, this concept that Jesus is giving us here of a friend in the middle, this idea that we call intercession, going to God on behalf of another, is a very powerful and transformative idea if we'll understand its full application. Ezekiel 22 sheds a little different light on this idea of the friend in the middle, the one who comes to God on behalf of another. In Ezekiel 22, God is kind of talking to the prophet pretty sternly about how messed up the people have gotten. He says their princes, their leaders, their governors are corrupt. He says their priests, their ministers are just as bad. And they will go ahead and say God said, oh, God said this is all great. When God goes, I didn't say that. He says they're corrupt as well. And so picking up Ezekiel 22, verse 29, he says, The people of the land practice extortion. They commit robbery. They oppress the poor and needy. They mistreat the foreigner, denying them justice. And then in verse 30, he says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. Stand in the gap. Build up the wall and stand in the gap. In other words, come before God's throne and humble themselves and appeal to Father on behalf of these people who won't, maybe some even can't. That's the idea of an intercessor, one who stands in the gap, the friend in the middle, coming before God with the needs of another or another situation. 1 Timothy 2, Paul writes, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and those in authority, that we may, we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. I, I just want to note that that has nothing to do with political party. And uh, folks, we in religious circles we too often jump off and become the religious lackey of some political party, and we got to stop that. I'm serious. This says I'm to pray for whatever kings or government or those in authority. I don't care if you love the current inhabitant in the White House or you can't stand the policies of the current inhabitant of the White House. It doesn't matter. We're called to pray for them. And I want, I want to encourage us to be people who do that. I'm not saying we don't get involved in the political process. We don't speak out on important moral issues of our day. The church should be that kind of 
people. But I see, hear some of the disrespect. Heard it with our last president. I hear it with this president. And we of all people should know, the scripture says there's no one in authority that God didn't allow. Why he allowed? You, you, may, you can debate and argue that all you want. I don't care. But God allowed that. You respect the office. And according to scripture, you pray for the occupant. I want to challenge you with that. Let's be people who operate differently. I don't care if churches on the left do it, churches on the right do it. The whole idea, churches on the left, churches on the right. Hey, we're Christians first. We're followers of Jesus first. Don't forget that. So anyway, he says we can pray for those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. He says this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. That's how he was the mediator. He brought peace because he paid the sin penalty which separated us from God. Who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And I want you to notice he's saying pray for all people. He says pray for kings, those in authority. I want to just suggest that that means like everybody. That's personal, people in my life, that's, that's local, people in my community, my church, national, global. And, and I want you to understand this. From your prayer chair or your prayer closet or your prayer porch or wherever it is you pray, you can impact things all over the world because prayer is not in any way hindered by proximity. Do you, do you realize the power that God is extending to us? You can, by prayer, impact international affairs. Scripture says you can. You can, by prayer, engage and and do something very powerful for someone all the way across the world. Prayer is one of the most unbelievable gifts, and I think we miss it. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is a main point. I want you to take it with you. One of the most amazing powers in the universe is the power of intercession. And I want to add to that. So write this down next to it. And that power has been given to us. And that power has been given to us. One of the most amazing powers in the universe is the power of intercession. And that power has been given to us. Ian Bounds, in his book, Purpose in Prayer, said, prayer can do anything God can do. And I remember when I first read that, I'm like, that's a pretty audacious statement. Prayer can do anything God can do. Well, when you understand the only power in prayer is God's power, yes, it makes perfect sense. Prayer can do anything God can do. God is allowing us to be in a place where when we go on behalf, we become the friend in the middle, we begin to stand in the gap, we intercede, we go before God on behalf of someone or something else. We now are doing the most powerful thing in the world on behalf of that situation or that person. This gift of prayer is unbelievable. We're starting to, and I thank you for this. If, you, if you're seeing God do something, please kind of share these with us because I just get so much encouragement from this. A uh, lady named Kathy in our congregation let us know about what she just says. She just experienced a miracle of God with a friend of hers, a friend who had been injured in the military in, years ago and was a quadriplegic. And in the last year or so, he fell on hard times and just about... A year ago, he was diagnosed, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and given about 18 months to live. During this time, he accepted Christ, and he asked Kathy and some others to pray for him. 
And so she shared this with some friends on Facebook and others, and they began to pray. Well, and this is just a couple days ago that she sent this. So she said, he just called and said the mass on his pancreas is gone, all caps, gone. Yeah. His blood saturation cancer level went from 184 to 14 with no treatment. He's had no treatment. He needs no treatment. He is cured, and that is by the power of prayer. Isn't that awesome? I'm talking about God's power is unbelievable. Understand, when we feel helpless, we feel like there's nothing we can do, folks, we can pray. I told you last week, and I won't go down this same path quite as far, but this whole, all we can do is pray thing, like we're just leaving it to fade, all we can do is prayer. That's the dumbest statement. Let's get that out of our vocabulary. All we can do is pray. Come on. One of the most amazing powers in the universe is the power of intercession, and that power has been given to us. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called The Doorway. And if you'd like to hear this full, unedited message all over again and this series, it's available right now as a free download. You can even see the video podcast at the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to come visit River City Community Church located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times again at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I'd like to invite you to join us for a new teaching series called Bridges, Crossing from Here to There. Many of us go through life assuming we're experiencing all that there is. We have this sense that there's supposed to be more, but we don't really know where to start. This series will take a look at some important bridges that God has designed to take us from the mundane to the extraordinary. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Every weekend gathering is an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, just visit us online at reallife.org. We look forward to seeing you on the road to real life at River City Community Church. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.